0: This morning, it's just, this is an amazing weekend, if you think about it. We are joining millions and millions of other people, of other Jesus followers, worshiping Jesus today for the resurrection. I think sometimes we forget about that. We get hung up with the egg hunts, and we get hung up with making our egg bath in our baskets for our kids, and we get hung up with other stuff. But the reason we celebrate today is because the resurrection changed everything. He didn't, Jesus, 2,000 years later, is still messing with people. He's still messing with people's lives. Because that's what Jesus does. Three, Jesus was nailed to a cross on Friday. Was in the tomb on Saturday. They had to open the door and saw he wasn't there on Sunday. Because we realize when we study Scripture, when we look at Scripture, that the, the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away so we could step in. And we could step into his life, to his resurrection, to his victory. That's why the stone was rolled away. Because we read later on in Scripture, he just showed up to the 12 disciples, popped right through their wall, didn't even open the door. I go freak me out a little bit. But Jesus walked out of that, he walked out of that tomb so we could walk in and claim life. To claim victory. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus miraculously rose from the dead. And today, it's still changing lives. It's still bringing healing to the broken. It's still bringing hope to the hopeless. This change. Everything. When we truly think about that, when we truly think about the empty tomb, we should stand to our feet and shout from the rooftops, Jesus is alive. But we take it for granted. You've all lost somebody you know. You show up to drop flowers at their grave. They ain't there. Are you going to be a little bit excited when you see them? We lose the awe of that empty tomb. We lose the awe of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus accomplished, we get to see and experience a love that forgives our sins. It takes shame and releases our guilt. We get to make mistakes and know that even when we make those mistakes, Jesus still loves us. Jesus is still there with us. A lot of you this morning have heard the story of Easter. But for some of you this morning, you're going to hear it and see it in a new way. That's my prayer this morning. Is that we see Easter a way we've never seen it before. It's not just a fun little story we read to our kids that the tomb is empty. Woohoo! And like that little egg we crapped open and there's nothing inside it. No, it's bigger than that. The empty tomb is bigger than anything we can put words to. I believe the Easter message is still as relevant today as it was to the early church because it's what separates Christianity from every other religion. We have a risen Savior. I'm going to tell a quick story about what a lot of us do with Christianity and some of you guys have heard this, some of you haven't, and I wrote it down just so I didn't screw it up. Most of you guys know we're in the process of selling our home. (laughs) To be honest, it's been an adventure. We've had ups and downs with it, we've had offers that have fallen through, we've had a lot of things go wrong, We, we try to fix some things up hoping to get somebody to buy it, you know, hoping if we do this then it'll catch the right eye. Now, I've trusted God through the process. But to be honest, I've had times where I'm sitting in my house and going, is this really what you want, God? Do you want us to sell our house to move up to rice? I'm just being honest with you guys this morning and transparent. So if any of you guys have doubts this morning, understand it's okay. God's big enough to handle those. God's big enough to say, I've got this. The praise report of it is... The sold sign went on, because we had somebody else put in an offer, and I'm like, I ain't trusting nothing until I see a sold sign on that sign. The sold sign finally went up on Friday. So it was a good Friday. Exactly. But if you think about it real quick, what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, and I got to quit walking around so much that they lose me on back there. Over the last couple of weeks, is I keep walking around the house looking at things, I'm like, ooh, if I painted that up a little bit, it would look a little bit nicer. Ooh, if I touched this up, and got this looking just a little bit better. It would probably look nicer for somebody. Understand? The house has already been sold. I'm still walking around. Ooh, if I if I do that, if I get that fixed up just right, how many guys do that with your life with Jesus? Ooh, if I just get rid of this, then I'll be a little bit better. He'll love me a little bit more if I just get rid of this. Ooh, if I cover this thing up right here, you know, get a little, get rid of a little of this right here, Jesus will love me a little bit more. I keep working on something that's already been purchased. We do the same thing with our Christianity. We keep working for something that's already been purchased. It was purchased at the cross. It was paid in full in the empty tomb. There is no bill left for you to pay. There is nothing we can do but step into that empty tomb. Because it's a free gift of grace that God did. It's a free gift that God has given us. And so today, we're going to celebrate how the resurrection changes things in our lives. What Jesus accomplished 2,000 plus years ago, and how that is still changing the outcomes in people's lives today. So if you've struggled with things, if you're going through some things, if you're going through some marriage problems, as we prayed this morning, God's got your comeback. Because that cross, think of the disciples, what happened to them? They scattered and went into hiding after Jesus died. When he was in the tuba on Saturday, they were, they were hiding. Their life had just gotten blown up. And we see our shame. We see our guilt. We see our mistakes that same way. And we go into hiding from God. And what does God say? I got this. I got your comeback. Your story isn't finished. The story of your marriage is still being written. The story for your children is still being written. The story for your life is still being written because we have the author of life who has the pen to write out the victory. And when we understand that, we can start to see Jesus in new lights and look at, we're going to look at three aspects of his ministry. The big question we're going to answer today is how am I made right with God? Because there's going to be a lot of people who are listening online or who listen to this online who may not know Jesus. And at the end of the day, we're all going to die unless Jesus comes back first, which even at that point, our physical bodies are going to die. Because the mor- the mortal will be turned immortal, is what the Bible says. So I can get rid of this body and get a new one. One that God already has planned for me. He's already got it drawn up. This is Gene right here. It's just waiting for me. He said, I still got work for you to do here. So take care of the body I've given you. Which I could do a better job of. But he said, I got something better for you. I got come comeback. In our world today, we live in a very pluralistic society when it comes to religion. Everybody, all roads lead to heaven. How many of you guys ever heard that one? God loves everybody. He wouldn't send anybody to hell. You can say higher being to people, can't you? Does that cause a problem? I believe in a higher being. I believe in a higher power. There's a higher power out there. You can say all of that stuff to people. You can even say God to people. You don't want to start messing with people's lives when you throw Jesus in. Think about this for a second. Jesus is probably the most exclusive person in the world, but we've tried to make him the most inclusive person that he accepts and approves of everybody. All the other world religions, and I will admit, all of them have good things. Do not hear me wrong on them. I'm not asking you to go out and beat people up for what they believe. I heard this statement one time. You know how you defend a lion? You open the cage. You ain't got to defend it. Just open the cage. You'll defend himself. You know how you defend Jesus? Open the cage. Let him defend himself. Jesus' teachings, people like. You're not going to find the most, person who hates Christianity, you're not going to find that person who doesn't say what Jesus taught, helping the poor, love those people, overlook, forgive people, just do, do nice things. You're not going to find anybody that disagrees with Jesus and his teachings. The Pharisees didn't disagree with his miracles. But what did they want? They wanted him to stop. They wanted him to stop doing miracles. They didn't deny him. They just didn't want him doing them. Now I'm thinking the people that were getting healed wanted him to keep doing them. But in religion, we want to stop Jesus from doing what only he can do because we think we got to earn something. You're going to hear people, Jesus in John 14:6 says it this way. You know, you guys know this one already. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life and this is where people get hung up, no one comes to the Father except through me. That seems pretty exclusive. That's where people have an issue. That's why Jesus still messes with people's lives. Because when we surrender to Jesus, we give up ourselves to love Jesus. I'm not asking you this morning to consider church. I'm not asking you this morning to consider a denomination. I'm not even asking you this morning to consider me of being a Christian. What I'm asking you to do this morning is consider Jesus. Consider Jesus and what he did. Now, you will hear people who will say, I don't go to church or I don't like to go to church because there's hypocrites there. Yeah. I saw a meme. That I just, I was going to put it up on the screen, but I figured I better not. I'll just read it to you instead. It said, not going to church because of the hypocrites there is like not going to the gym because of the out of shape people. Yeah, it's okay to laugh at that. There's hypocrites at Walmart. You shop there? I'm willing to bet if you go to work tomorrow, there's hypocrites at your job. So that makes you a hypocrite for going to your job to collect a check from hypocrites. But you can't go to church with hypocrites. Have we got a double standard in Christianity? There's hypocrites there. There's people who just aren't right. There are. I'm not going to deny it. There are messed up people in church. Why? Because that's where things get fixed. Things get fixed at church with Jesus. Jesus said. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Jesus made claims, nobody else did. Jesus said things about his life nobody else said. And the first thing we want to consider this morning if you're taking notes is consider the ministry of Jesus. Mark 2, 6 through 17 tells you why he came. It says, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, "It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." So you know something, I see that verse and I say, "Guess what? Jesus came for someone like me." Jesus came for people who needed help. Jesus came for the hopeless. Jesus came for you. Jesus came to bring mercy. Jesus came for those the church rejected. Now, it actually says religion. But the very people, and I've talked with a lot of people recently about this, the very people who flock to Jesus are the very people who don't want anything to do with us as Christians. That's sad, because that's what Jesus came for. So maybe we need to spend a little more time in our prayer rooms, get to be a little bit more like Jesus. Everyone else in Christian circles today and religious circles back then had a holier than attitude. I'm better than you. You need to get fixed up before I can hang out with you. And Jesus said, that's exactly who I wanna hang out with. To be honest today, there are many of you listening today online and here who are a direct result of the ministry of Jesus. What he did 2,000 plus years ago, you are here because of that. You are here because somebody prayed for you, because somebody invited you to church, because somebody introduced you to Jesus. To be honest, I'm here this morning because of the miracle work and power of Jesus. My marriage is together today because of Jesus. Because of what he did 2,000 years ago. The ministry of Jesus is still changing lives. But what Jesus does is he doesn't say, come in and I'm going to let you leave the same. He said, when you come to me, the old is gone and I'm going to give you something new. And so we walk out in newness of life. We don't take the old with us. We take Jesus as he decides us to be. The old is gone. The new has come. I've been transformed by the power and the presence of God. That was the ministry of Jesus. That's the ministry he brought to people. His hope for those who had none. The second thing we look at this morning, consider the resurrection. Huh. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says it this way. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We were singing this morning as we were praying this morning. If Jesus walked out of the tomb, so am I. I'm going to walk out the tomb with him. Some of you came in here this morning with baggage. Leave it here this morning. Walk out new. Walk out free this morning. The resurrection says it changes everything. A man who was born into a sinless life didn't have the seed of man in him. He was born of a miracle. He was born of a virgin. He didn't have the sin nature of an earthly father, and so he lived a life, a sinless life. Why? So he could be our partial lamb. He could be our perfect sacrifice to die on a cross for me, for you, for everyone. Jesus, again, is inclusive and exclusive at the same time. Dude's awesome like that. He said, I'll accept you the way you are, but I love you too much to leave you there. He said, I went to the cross and became sin for you so you didn't have to struggle with that anymore. I was going to do an analogy this morning, but I'm not going to do it. But real quick, just close your eyes for me. Think back to that cross. Think back to Jesus' hands getting nailed to that cross. Not because of anything he did, but with each nail, each time they hit that nail and they drove it in. Listen to this sound. That's your lust. That's your greed. That's your control. Every time they beat that nail into his hand, he was taking something else from you so you do not have to hang on to it anymore. Jesus said, I got this for you, son. I got this for you, daughter. Your self-doubt, bam, through his hands. God, I thank you that you sent your son to be that perfect sacrifice for us so we did not have to endure that pain. But as we remember the pain you endured for love, let us remember that the resurrection, that third day when when you were no longer in that tomb, you said you no longer have to live that way. I've taken it and dealt with it for you. So go ahead and open your eyes. Can you guys feel that power of Jesus starting to work through you this morning? I'm praying for a miracle to change lives this morning. I'm praying for God to do something in your life He's never done before. Why? Because the creation, the the Creator was mocking, or the creation was mocking the Creator at the cross. We still mock Him today when we want to control things, when we want to get angry when we want to be self-righteous, when we want to have lust, when we want to have greed, we're still mocking the creator of the world and that's exactly why he died. Because of his love for us. Because every strike that went through those nails into his hands was for me. To set me free. To give me life. They beat me on recognition. They heaped abuse on him. Mark 15, 29 says, And those who pass by heaped abuse on him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha, you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. And what does God, what is, what is God the Son do? He looks down on me and says, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Understand, God's looking down over you this morning. Jesus is praying for you this morning. Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know why he's doing it. But that's why Jesus went to the cross. So we don't have to figure it out. We can just trust Jesus. What happened after the resurrection? A dude who just got through denying Jesus now preaches one of the greatest messages and 3,000 people are saved. People say, well, the disciples went and stole Jesus' body. Really? An 11 uneducated fishermen Stole a body from a bunch of Roman soldiers who were trained to fight. And rolled the rock away, too, and stole his body. Uneducated men, mind you. And they kept it a secret. And I know people that can't keep secrets for two seconds. I tell them something, and it's on Facebook in like three three minutes. Three, 11 uneducated men, 10 of which died. Thomas, the doubter. Right? We all call him Doubting Thomas. Dude became the first missionary to India. You know how he died? They impaled him because he wouldn't deny Jesus. Eleven uneducated men probably didn't steal his body and die for him. They didn't die for a lie. They saw the risen Savior. The early church was born that Easter morning in the resurrection 2,000 years later, there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people who have put their per- trust in that empty tomb when they thought nothing else mattered. So, so far we've considered the ministry of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the third thing we're going to consider is the eternal message of Jesus. How are we made right with God? Romans 3.22 says that you're made right with God by what? Placing your faith in Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice a couple of quick things here. It doesn't say you're made right with God when you're good enough. He didn't say when you try harder, you'll be good enough with God. He didn't say when you don't cuss on the golf course because you hit a bad shot, you can be good with God. He doesn't say when when you don't get angry anymore, you'll be good enough for God. He says when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll be good enough. I don't know about you, I need that every day. I'm not good enough. I still do things wrong. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. We're made right by understanding that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. There's a big difference between what religion tells us and what a relationship means. Jesus never came to start a religion. Jesus came to offer us eternal life. Religion is all about me and what I can do and what I can accomplish. A relationship happens because of what I do for the one I love. Why do I do this on Sunday mornings? not because I have to. Because I love God. I love what he does in people's lives. I don't want to disappoint my father. You work from the love of God. Religion tells you to work for it. Did I play all the chords just right? As us, that's what we think about. God says, was your heart just right? You care less about the chords. Who care less whether you can sing a note? care less if you carry a tune in a bucket? He says, where's your heart this morning? Here I stand, and I claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because if there's a God out there who makes a claim, I'm going to die on a cross, and three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead... And he does that, I'm trusting that God. There can be a lot of other religions out there, but I ain't heard another one that said that story and there was an empty tomb at the end of their story. Jesus came for sinners like me. Jesus came for hypocrites. Jesus came because he loved us and he wanted to give us eternal life. The heart of God who sent his son not for the healthy, but for the sick. He sent his son not for the righteous, but for sinners. Because of what he did for me, my my reasonable response should be what? I surrender myself to you. Consider what Jesus did. Consider his ministry. Consider what God's heart is for you.